This is the first Workers' Revolutionary Conversation. Uh, I'm Alex. Lauren. Hello, everyone. My name is Meech. Isaac here. Hannah. Yay! Follow up more at Revolutionary. Oh, not even. Workers' Revolutionary. Oh, not even. (laughs) (laughs) WRZ.life. I didn't have time to prepare for this. Oh, none of us did. I was too busy getting fired. <laughs> 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 sorry to hear. Don't be sorry. <laughs> so, speaking on you getting fired, yeah. you can start off your road to um, <laughs> awareness. I guess that's where we're starting. Oh. So what made you aware? What made you aware to be a worker and your worker, uh, your worker struggle? Mine's is literally straight from, like, experience. So... Seeing like um, just, just, just literally living through different things. Like, or even when I first started working, just seeing how you'll see a, a older person work at a company for like twenty five years or so, say or so, and they retire. They have nothing <laughs> but a four hundred one k, and it's like I was just uninformed and misinformed. So like, you know, just going through certain experiences. Uh, Try to learn. I, I, I know I'm just a curious person, so I question that. You know, I'm just like, and then I like kind of reflect that to my life. Like, is that what I want to do? Is that what I want to be? So that's from like a working standpoint, but in life overall, just same thing: being misinformed and uninformed about literally everything. <laughs> so and yeah, I just I really liked how you said curious person yeah. because I feel like. That's kind of how I became aware of like the struggle and everything is just wanting more answers than right. just accepting the way things are. Um, you know, I tend to think of myself as somewhat combative in the work environment at times. <laughs> or, you know, if I'm not being combative at work, it's really the fear that's kind of stopping me. And I have that desire still because I know there's always something going on behind the scenes. Right. And it always seems like people up top have ulterior motives that always only fulfill their own needs. That's absolutely true. Definitely. <laughs> issue with the structure, I think. So is it like, did you take, could you go from like the seeing that in the workplace to seeing that in your overall life? Or was it like vice versa? Like, did you see that you connected with other people mm-hmm. or was it your worker struggle that you saw like first where you're getting shit wages or you treated mm-hmm. like shit at your job? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Mine's more so life. Like I had a brother that, you know, like it's like honor roll student and like he had to like drop out his last year of like college just because he couldn't afford like a $2,500 payment right. for like a, for like books or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, <laughs> like he's just coming home one day, bring the stuff and I was I'm like, oh, hey, congratulations. When was the graduation? <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> I wasn't even working at the time. So I'm just like, oh, if he can't make it in college, I'm damn sure it's not, it's not for me. Right. <laughs> like they didn't pay for you to not gonna pay for me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's like one of the, things that started off in my life just like with education wise I'm just like it's kind of sold to you it's like they selling it's like they selling oranges <laughs> disguised as apples you know like yeah. it's like the best way I can put it they definitely sell you on a version of life that you never know right. yeah no yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel good about it 
it's going to be and what it is now. Like, the reality of everything is not what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And I started out, I feel like I, I did always question stuff. Like, I was always that person in school that would be kicked out of the class, told not to talk to other students, like, separated from everybody for a reason. I don't know. And it's weird. It's like, these teachers know what they're doing. Like, they're indoctrinating us with false everything. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, it makes me think, like, do they know the kids who are going to question them and they mm-hmm. keep you away from everybody else because you might start something good or something? I don't know. That's crazy you say that because I think from my aspect, I come from it, you know, from having a family that was mostly gang-affiliated. And seeing how they were just pushed out of school. So it was like, oh, you can't be yeah. quiet. You don't deserve to learn. Yeah. And so a gang was like, not, I didn't see like, I guess after you see movies and stuff, you see like the narrative of gangs. Like, oh, go kill these people. But it was, I saw the other side where it was like, oh, you're great at math. You just didn't want to sit in a classroom. Right. Or like, so then you become a drug dealer because it's all math. Right. <laughs> so, or it's, you don't have these other opportunities. So yeah, it's definitely a narrative that you're just told and we found out about like child support and all this other stuff in a male's life that especially a black male's life that you're like oh this person wasn't there but then it's like well they got locked up five times couldn't pay for anything like the story starts at at the part they wanted to start at (laughs) like we'll get the backstory. (laughs) like even with child support and me experiencing myself like you get this narrative in your head that's like oh he's on child support because he just wasn't around he just didn't care for his kids it's like but the other narrative was like the actuality is like some some relationships just don't work and they just yeah. use that against you. It's like, oh, you don't want to be with me? Well, you can't see your child and I need money. Yeah. Just, and I, I, just, I never knew it would get like that until I went through it. Right. And I'm just like, that's a great area in the system. It's like, no, you could come in with proof. You could come in with everything. It's just she carried the child for 10 months. The case glues. There's no fight in it. It's crazy how that limits you too. Like I realized that I obviously I never like going through that personally, but like me and my parents had just moved, we downsized. And one of the questions was like, are there any back like child support that's old? And if there was, then we might have had an issue with getting the house. And it's crazy how these limitations and things stand in people's way and people just make assumptions. <laughs> Definitely just a narrative that leads you to a bunch of assumptions like yeah. you're saying school yeah. school just it tells you everything is orderly and like you have to be structured you have to fit in a certain mold you have to be obedient so which I think comes to like the point we're at now where we see these things but then we're scared still right because mm-hmm. we like told to be obedient for so long mm-hmm. that it's like huh like you see these things are wrong but you're still told to be obedient and you have to weigh that and it's kind of riskier not being obedient. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's where becoming radicalized becomes. It's like you realize that it's a fake status quo. It's just it's just put out there. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not even it's not based on anything. It's just this is what life should be. I think it's based on marketing. Mm. Honestly, like Definitely. marketing of the university is trying to make money off of us. Like that's all that I think this idealized version of life is. It's advertising campaigns upon advertising campaigns that lead to like this weird idealized version of reality that never exists. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many hidden messages. Yeah. In everything that's being fed to us. Definitely. Like we are being conditioned. Yeah, hundred percent. And the obedient thing. Yeah. That really struck a chord for me. 
because I was a very obedient child, but I did horribly in school because I couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. But I had the obedience down. Like I never like stood up. I never said anything because I was scared. But also like going through life that way, you're not living either. So I feel like you're being pushed to be so many conflicting things mm-hmm. that don't actually. It's trying to like brainwash you into not thinking for yourself to not being able to be self-sufficient and I don't think that's fair to do to kids I think it really does just all go back to school and like the conditioning like I think in school you really are conditioned like in your class like you're purposefully like it's always the popular kids are always wealthy they're always Mm -hmm. the wealthiest ones in the school because, like, they can afford the fashion, they can afford, you know, their parents can help them out if they're in trouble, like, and, I mean, I was a really obedient student, too, but I didn't do well for a long time because it, it wasn't benefiting me, you know, I was, like, bending over backwards for the system, like, I was still getting left behind because, you know, I don't know, conformity really doesn't help anyone unless you're already given the power, I guess. Like, you have to have power and be obedient in the system for it to benefit you. But it's crazy how, like, the people with the most power are the ones who are allowed to be disobedient. Like, Mm -hmm. they're allowed to do what they want to do, but we have to do what we're told. Like, they have free reign to do whatever. Yes. You can say whatever. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Rule number two. Article number two. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely a different world. Like, so you kind of realize that worker dynamic that you kind of feel at your job, where you know these suits and then you doing all the work is kind of part of your life as well, because you're like, you know, I work hard, I'm obedient, or but I'm not good at school, so I fell. But, you know, like the rich kid, like you said, it's still not good at school, but they still end up in Harvard or Penn somehow because of connection. So it's like definitely a worker, like the that worker mentality overall goes to life. I think I think, like you said, though, being poor and being raised poor, I definitely felt that at home first, way before I got the economics, because you're not taught the economics of it. And then I guess my transition from, you know, to being, you know, sort of, I don't see radicalized, but not even knowing what it was, just yeah. being unhappy, like trying to be good at school and just follow the rules and be obedient in the ways that I could still got me nothing. Like yeah. when, yeah, it, and it seemed like there was like a ceiling there, like always a ceiling. Yeah. But I, I had to be lucky too. to break through. Like I had to be one of the lucky few. But it's like, how does that even, you don't question, I guess go back to you being a thinker, yeah, you don't question that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just... I'm so happy. I'm just one of those people that just question everything. Like I remember, I remember experiencing like I think it was like tenth grade or something. And I think I forgot it was like algebra two or geometry or something. And so I just and I raised my hand back in the class and the teacher called me. I'm just like, how does this relate to real life? <laughs> Get out! <laughs> like, yeah, right. I was serious though. Yeah. But <laughs> students ask those questions like they're taking. Uh, not seriously mm-hmm. it's yeah. like a real question right. <laughs> like, like, I just want to know why you're there right. <laughs> right. Like, the, no question is a dumb question <laughs> 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 I was like get out <laughs> 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 I was serious right. yeah. Yeah. serious question 
and it even shows you like how how thin it is because even us as kids we realize it mm-hmm. that we're just told to get back in line but then yeah. like you start to realize later on down the line you're like oh they didn't answer it because they were just doing it for a paycheck <laughs> they don't truly genuinely care about educating yeah. <laughs> like or they do, but they're in that system that they have the bills to pay. Like, so yeah, you can't yeah, just be right, like, yeah, "I'm gonna so. teach you some real stuff today." When yeah. the principal will come down, and you're gonna be right. Nick say. But then we, we, we had Henry, so he'll he'll do PE one day. Then he'll sit us in the class one day and just talk to us. But that's going you know, above like, and beyond. Like, he, they yeah, only expect you to teach you about real life while you're doing push-ups. You know? <laughs> He's a gym that's teacher. True. He really supposed to not just do anything. That's true. So I, mean, I guess you can see the heart in them, though. Mm-hmm. I think we and I think we were talking about the professors that impacted us yesterday. Yeah. The, like the few, it's sad that that's a few and far between yeah, thing. It really yeah. is. That I had more professors, like I said, leave and just say, hey, read this book, do this worksheet in college. This is what I'm paying yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and say, hey, do this worksheet. I'll be back when class is over. Just going through the motions. Right. Versus somebody who will go above and beyond and teach you, you know, mm-hmm. something that's not taught in school that they know is critical. Yeah, they want to waste their time. Yes. Yeah. They don't want us to find the mentors that are actually going to raise us. Like, even how the mentor he found wasn't even at the school that he right. went to, yeah. right? That's wild. <laughs> it's like, crazy. Like, you know. Outside the system to find what should be there for you. And then I, only, I feel like I only really learned this stuff because I wasn't paying for it. It wasn't the pressure of, I gotta get a yeah. good grade on this right. test. Yeah. It was, oh, I snuck into this class. This guy's really interested. I'm gonna listen <laughs> and then try to meet him, like, more or less. And yeah, so that is weird. You could focus on what, like, what learning would actually help you grow mm-hmm. when there wasn't. Yeah, because the most profound thing he said to me was not even in a test. It was like economics is so that she can read between the lines and realize they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do with like economics though. We're all just his yeah. his philosophy on it. So I agree. That's great. <laughs> great I really like economics too. Like. I don't know. Something I was always conditioned to believe also, too, is that I was bad at math, even though I was bad at math. But just the the, the thoughts behind economics and um, ideals behind, like, a steady state and mm-hmm. how, some, like, a steady state is like this. But, like, look at countries, like, impoverished countries. They're never going to reach that equilibrium. Like, they're never going to go back to a steady state because they're always just going to, like... Not always, I don't want to say always, but there, like in order for there to be an equilibrium, there always has to be someone that's, or something that's not benefiting in the system. Mm-hmm. And that really sucks. Yeah. And those places can't, because they don't even control, yeah. like the flows of what they produce, just like we don't control what we produce. Same thing right. <laughs> so it's like, we can never have, even us as a people. Somebody you know, exploited. Somebody right. Right. Yeah. It's, All of this is based off exploitation. Or exploitation. How do you move yourself from that fear? Or how did you move yourself, since we're all, you know, as somewhat class conscious, mm-hmm. how do we move ourselves from that fear mm-hmm. to, you know, not being scared of what we were told and looking into what we were told not to look into? Or just question. I mean, I guess you yeah. said you were always questioning, but but you were also obedient. So how did yeah. you balance that as well? Like things like that. I my mouth shut. I just I didn't say anything. I didn't really start thinking critically until college, mm-hmm. and then I was like looking around me and all of the kids. I mean, they could afford so much more than I could, and I was working and in school like all the time. And I just I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing wrong. And then it hit me up, oh, <laughs> you know, these kids, like, have parents that are helping them. 
And mine are too, to an extent, but, you know, with tuition only mostly. Right. And, like, if I needed money for food here and there, like, 50 bucks here and there, okay. Um, But, like, their parents bought bought them clothes, you know, shoes, like, normal things that, you know, like, people take for granted. And, like, there was one winter, I think, like, my freshman year at Temple... I, like, did not have snow boots. I didn't have snow boots that whole year, actually. Like, I was wearing sneakers in the snow because I could not afford boots. And, like, all the kids were like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I can't do this. They're like, ask your parents. I'm like, what? (laughs) You can't do that? Right, right. That must be so nice. (laughs) But I I don't think it was then until, like, it really hit me. And even even dropping out of high school, like, it still didn't really hit me. That was just a normal thing people did in my neighborhood yeah, like you were getting what you needed yeah exactly I needed to work I didn't need to be in high school I needed to work I had bills to pay at 16 like yeah yeah and even like that from that infrastructure of like someone in need to make money you're not even pushed to like a trade that because you yeah. could have been a chef instantly out of high school yeah no I could have and, so and that's, like, the, that's the thing even. too like I was talking to my family about that and my dad is, I guess, of a different class than I am. And he was like, no, like, I don't want you to go to culinary school. I want you to go to college because you'll have more options afterwards. And I'm still in the food service industry because I, do- I don't want to do what my degree is in. I hate my degree. I love to cook. That's my whole thing. I love restaurants. I love serving. I love talking to people all day. I love being on my feet. I can't sit at a desk. I, I never could. Even in college, I couldn't write. Like, I could barely focus on papers. I couldn't do it. My grades were good, but I just couldn't. Yeah. And I think instead of pushing kids to just be a cog in the machine, maybe push them to do something that they're passionate about or that they even like, you know? Don't tell them that the thing they like isn't something that they can never do. Don't ever do that. That's, that's such because a good that's point. That's like such a great point. Yeah, but, but and I mean, time and time again. That kind of go back to like when you said like, when do you critically think? And I feel like, or like, when do you like question these things? Or I was like, I feel like first you learn yourself, like how you, yeah. how, like how she was just saying, like, you, I want to cook, I want to be in. So like, I think you, I feel like you learn yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you're comfortably doing questioning or critically thinking about things that you Definitely. engage in you know what I mean it's not what all outside voices are telling you to engage in so you gotta learn yourself first and be comfortable it's, in your own skin yeah it's like the desire for something better mm-hmm. that yeah. there is something better out there and a desire that it has to come from where like a place of where you deserve it's like, actually <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it's from the source heart. right yeah. <laughs> No, that's true. Right, to fear yourself in it. That's definitely true. I think that, that you said, like, that fear, like, you release yourself from the fear yeah. by doing what you want. Like, yeah. you could have chased yeah. status and you could have chased money, mm-hmm. but it still wouldn't have been what you wanted. Right. Yeah, no. So you didn't have any fear to, like, chase that because that's what you wanted. Yeah. I, I get that. Right. I, feel, I definitely got caught up in, in originally, like, even where I'm at now, to being caught up in, like, trying to even turn my passion into money and I found out how that made it horrible so mm-hmm. like being in New York I was a developer <laughs> but I was doing it for money so I wanted to develop these nice things and like no you gotta develop this <laughs> so you even see 
like I, for me, I saw how my passion was yeah. taken and monetized, I guess. Yeah. When I thought like, you know, everybody on Facebook is helping people communicate and then you realize and they're siphoning yeah. your data to like yeah. monetize you. <laughs> so it's just like, you can't even, that, that is interesting. Uh, that's definitely interesting. I, and I think yeah. what you said too, like the self, knowing yourself releases yeah. you from the fear. Yeah, I mean, even just the other day, Warren and I were talking about how we feel like crazy because we feel different, <laughs> but it's it's just embracing that feeling and realizing that other people probably feel different too, mm-hmm. and that we all really need to come into the feeling of difference to be together. Right. Because if you're not comfortable with that, you can't really realize think what you deserve. Like everybody was born different, genetically yeah. different, so it should be no way people are the same. We're like yeah. acting right. the same. Like, yeah. <laughs> so that's like a big thing in society now. You see a lot of people doing the same exact thing as the next yes. person. It's just like we're all born different though. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace your own like how could we fit into this system that's planned when we're all so unique? Right. I think that's why like, like everybody that drops out is so different. Like mm-hmm. even us having our own, all of us have, we're all from different places and yeah. we have our own still with the same core of our job. Like mm-hmm. our job isn't what we want to do. We don't feel like it has a purpose in what we want to do and contribute to this world, but we all come from different like aspects. Yeah. But even to have that, we're so different. But even those things are what we share. Like mm-hmm. just to have value, to have a value in our purpose. Like to get up and have work that you have purpose in. It's like those things aren't even like paid attention to. Right. So we don't even have like the basic needs because we focus on divisions. Mm-hmm. Which I guess part of the division is fear. Like I'm supposed to fear you yeah. taking my job and <laughs> using the same vice versa. So that's why I'm definitely at peace today because this is like. 17-year-old me losing my first job, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Third world problem, my phone. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just like, new experiences. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. I can remember being fired, well, the first time I was fired, and like, I just felt so insignificant. Like, it was from my first job out of college, and I was just serving. And it's like, damn, I can't even do this. Right. Like, Definitely like do I have, like, any value? Right. Like, am I scum? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just like, yeah. that the way my career started, like, I went to school, everything. My first job was at, like, the Funplex. But after college, like, I was like, okay, like, I can't keep depending on my parents for everything. Um, I worked as a maid at school. Um, I cleaned rooms, I cleaned toilets, like, I didn't have everything done within a certain amount of time, and it felt so demeaning, like it really did. Um, but that's what I had to do to get money at the time. And then um, when I had finished, like recently from my program, I worked in my apartment complex, and I was literally doing the same things, like cleaning toilets, <laughs> just doing anything they told me to do. And I was the only person they told to do those things like I would come in and have a little list of like menial tasks that I had to do yeah, it was very degrading it's just amazing how like the tools that they use are perpetuated through work like yeah. racism and like homophobia and it's it's like they're perpetuated in school 
and then you go to the workplace and you think it's going to be different. different. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, no. you're treated the same. Definitely. Like I found in a lot of my jobs, I've been treated the same way by management, the, the way that like bullies treated me in school. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, like yeah. just devalued, dehumanized. Right. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just not like not yeah. getting taken seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Even today yeah. in my meeting, I'm just yes. like, not like I don't. I forgot what happened in the meeting, but it was a situation where they claimed they told me something. And I was like, I have no recollection of it. And the, the manager was like, Oh, come on, coffee. I'm like, Come on, coffee. I'm serious. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> just and I could just remember back in high school, just. Same type of experiences going on, just like yeah. like not heard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like today we had a meeting and this lady at the end of it was like, "Oh, this was actually a really great meeting. I'm so surprised. Like, I got <laughs> yeah. so much valuable information from you guys. Yeah. Like, were you not expecting that from us? Apparently, like, uh, <laughs> like, what the hell? apparently we're some dumb kids or something. Yeah, like, ridiculous. <laughs> what is actually the yeah. Negative energy just put out there. <laughs> uh, I've definitely been called stupid a lot more in the workforce than I was in high school, though. Wow. Like, leaving, especially, like, in serving jobs and in mm-hmm. food service, that's so common. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, yeah, it's something that managers have consistently, like, made jokes about or... Um, I don't know, like, have always had something to say about it, and it's been pretty consistent with every job. And I think part of that is also, like, naturally my voice is very high-pitched, but lately I've been lowering it, and people take me seriously. (laughs) And it's, like, really strange. That's all psychological. I mean, I think as, like, a kid having, like, a high-pitched voice, like, people never took me seriously because, like, they saw me as more feminine. And honestly, I think that's kind of what created my different gender identities. I started to believe it, but then it kind of almost became a part of who I am. And, you know, now that I embrace it, it's something that's empowering. But um, just to go back to what Hannah was saying, like, I think the level of the job changes the severity of the harassment. Yeah. Like, in the workplace now, like, I'm in a professional setting, and it seems like people mostly avoid, or, you know, they turn off their listening skills, or, you know, they they find ways to kind of harass in, like, a polite way. Mm -hmm. But then when I was working in the service industry, it was, like, blatant, like, people would roll their eyes at yeah. me, they would raise their voice and shout at me. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah. Aggression, it, like it, that. They, they want to beat the people, like, like it's, I feel like it's designed that way, where the lower level you are, they want to beat you down even more. Mm-hmm. And they pit yeah. us against each other. Yeah. It sounds like society. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's like a mini society <laughs> that you're, Forced to be in. Right. Definitely, I feel like I, I agree with your setup that way for like certain people, even if it's just monetarily for you to feel like you're better. And then yeah. it starts that whole, mm-hmm. starts the whole like, uh, I guess it blinds you just instantly from anything below you. So, like, you can create a status. Yeah. yeah. Like, or just not have, have housing and you would 
think this home, these homeless people are just people who messed up in life or didn't do the right thing, but they are regular people who just mm. had life happen. To them. Right. So, but you're told to like you're on a different plateau as these people. So never like interact with these, these people are crazies and yeah. and just ain't no people on drugs for me. Like I think even though you do have those people who go on drugs and are do end up you know psychological or mental illnesses, who were they before that? Yeah. It's forgotten completely. Yeah. I think you yeah. said that yeah. to me. Never start the back. Never get the backstory. Right. Yeah, so true. it's just more fear. Just all oh, just mm-hmm. fear. We're told to ignore their humanity. Mm. Yes. Exactly. Everybody has a story. Everybody. Right. Has right. A story. Exactly. And that matters. Yeah. And we should be encouraging each other to listen to that more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember how I told you I was at work uh, that. It's a while back ago, I was like on Broad Allegheny, and it's a homeless guy out there with the sign like, every day. One day, I just happened just to talk to him, and remember, I, I think I told he told me he was a, a truck driver. Right. Uh, something happened with his spine; he couldn't afford it. Lost his house. Uh, he just he's out in the street. He said the homeless shelters are worse than being, being on the street yeah. because they'll they'll beat yeah. you up, steal your stuff. The workers don't care. Mm-hmm. I just was, I was like just on the corner like. And I complained about being hot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy what other people's experiences can do to like put your life in perspective. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think I said that to Alex last night. I was like, I'm so scared to get sick. <laughs> like, if I get sick, just let me go. Yeah. <laughs> just let me die, please. <laughs> it's the reality, though, because then you end up in a perpetual debt. You have to be at a job. And that would get on to my family. Right. If I thought, like, yeah. It's just not yeah. worth it. <laughs> just. Mm-hmm. Give me a bowl and just peacefully. Facts. So, someone like you, you were in like what Antifa and other groups. Like, did that? How how did that help you? Like, remove yourself from the fear. I remember you talking about like breaking through the barricades. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's really? a really yeah. yeah. Like, um. Well, like I said, I was, as a kid, I was a very obedient person, and that really started to go away when I came to Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, I found, like, freedom here. It was the first time that I was out and, like, able to respect myself. Um, and I actually got involved with um, the political activity that I was in because of um, like, that was when I was working in the service industry, and, like, when Trump got elected, and it just felt like such a hopeless situation, like, I didn't think I was ever going to get out, um, which is how it feels if you don't want to be there, it's like, um, and I just started actually organizing with people at my job, and my roommates, and that's really how I got involved, and, um, like, you know, I feel like it wasn't just the physically breaking down barricades <laughs> that, like, was so liberating for me, but it was also breaking those down with my, with my friends and with my coworkers and with people in my community. It was like, we're really all in this together and we're all ready to die for this. Right. Like, that's really how it felt and that was so empowering because if you have that much passion behind something like I don't think you can stop that and it's really just I think igniting 
passion in everyone. Um, and because that's just so empowering on its own, I think. I do. Yeah. Were you looking for it? Or was it something that just happened? Or that's not just to you, I guess. Mm. Like when you, were you looking for a way out of the fear? Or did the fear, or were you still trapped and it just happened? Or how does that, how does that work for you guys? Like wanting to do something different? I know you want to think about leaving your job with the fear of what else? Yeah. And like what? Just life just happens, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. That's how it goes for me. Life just happens and... You just learn and adapt. Like, I just don't, like... It's like, I can't get my words out. (laughs) I feel like it's almost out of necessity at some point because you see enough people around you suffering. Mm -hmm. And you realize that there's really no other option. (laughs) It's like, especially with the way things are going, it's like, this is... This is, this has to happen. Yeah. It's like, you're damned if you do, and yes. you're damned if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You either get with it exactly. or you don't. Like, yeah. at this point, we're at a point where we have to just get with it and do what needs to be done, mm-hmm. despite the fear. And, I don't know, I think for me, what broke that fear was... I don't know, I, I feel like, like I said in school, like, I never really listened. I always kind of disobeyed my parents. Um, when I was younger, um, I grew up as an only child, but I just always felt that like I never wanted to do what I was told to do. And I think um, something that did that for me was traveling a lot. I think that's something I'm very, very passionate about too because like not everybody has the resources or access to even travel to begin with. Mm-hmm. And that's set up too by society. Um, and I feel like fortunate that I've been able to, but just by doing that, like, seeing that there's other people in the world who also believe the same things, like, are also going through the same things, and they're out there, too. And there's just, like, so much to explore and and see. And, like, if we all, like, raise the consciousness of the entire world, like, just imagine what can come from that. And, like, I think what, for me, what stops the fear um, at times is, like, having hope and faith that things can change and they will because we can't just keep letting it happen the way it is right now. Mm-hmm. It can't. Going to the, the travel perspective, I think something that was really eye-opening to me um, was going to Thailand and talking to people my age there and realizing that they want the same things, that they have the same criticisms of the system mm-hmm. over there, but they see things getting worse for the younger generation, and even though their economy is growing like crazy, the people, the same people are getting left out there mm-hmm. as here. Yeah. Right. It's all the same. Like, we're all in the struggle. Yeah. Definitely when you got like common struggle, that definitely like yes. gives you more empowerment. It just makes you want to like, yeah. like, it's not just me no more. Yeah. It's like, you you struggling right. too? <laughs> 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 got to do something about this yeah. so that's, and that's where we all connect that you know it's like everybody come from different backgrounds go do different paths of life but some way somehow we still end up with these same common struggles it's like 
but we live two different lifestyles. So that's when right. you question it. You're like, it got to be systemically. Yeah. Like, it got to be systemically. Like, there's no way. <laughs> so, yeah that's, yeah, that's the part that, like, gets me. It's just like, how are we all different but going through the same struggles? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, yeah, something that blows my mind that um, Alex talks about a lot is, like, even as you climb the economic ladder, like, it's still designed to distract you in, like, a way, like, the way that you're always just encouraged to spend more, and it creates the struggle in a place where there isn't even any scarcity. Right. Because you always need more. Right. It's never satisfied. It just... It detaches you from being like a human almost <laughs> so, like the higher up you are is more status and materialistic things yeah. you get like keeping up with the joneses like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just have a different view on relationships yeah i think that's definitely like we have we left the money aspect of buying stuff and just keeping up with people just defining mm-hmm. relationships because right. you look at people different you know based on their value right based off yeah. 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 based yeah. off yeah. something that was <laughs> meet somewhere else. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how the system looks at us. What they can get out of us. Mm-hmm. Just, just commodities. Exactly. All just commodities. We're all commodities. I think that's why. Like, I think that's why. Like, I always feel like even working in the system when I had like a job is that I felt like just uneasy. Like even if I made good money, like I made you know twenty something dollars an hour, mm-hmm. I just always felt uneasy because one, you know, I have to protect all the stuff I'm buying. <laughs> so like yeah. if I don't pay yeah, rent, that's... like I have all this money to pay rent and yeah. buy stuff, but then when I don't have that money, then what? <laughs> but then it's like you just know it's not stable. Like you just yeah. know at the core of it, like my job isn't purpose it doesn't have a purpose behind this monetary transaction right. <laughs> that you're buying my time and I'm selling you my time but what yeah it's I don't yeah. feel valued at all they're just using us mm-hmm. and abusing us <laughs> <laughs> seriously yeah. little Rick so, James yeah. <laughs> yeah. seriously they though. are and from that honestly too it, it really does like lead me to believe like we have so much healing to do too like yeah. there's so much trauma that causes that we don't even realize the depths of it mm-hmm. It's crazy what they're doing to us. Yeah. Especially in communities that face violence and yeah. um, just like how that violence increases like from the state as you fall on the economic ladder. It's, it's really like they're trying to beat you when you're down. Yeah, they want yeah. you to stay there. Yeah. You see that even if you talk to some people that's going through certain things like that, they just have no hope for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just be a person that yeah. no, like it's just, just, just nothing's gonna change. We're just yeah. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yes. Yeah. How many times can you get up? Like, <laughs> and we, I guess, we've all been through like our struggles and had difficulties getting up. So I guess that transitions to like, what gives you that hope, or why do you have hope if you do have it? Um, but like, what gives you that hope to try? I don't think I had any. I think I just, it clicked and I was like, well, if I'm not gonna, I'm definitely not going to make any more money if I stay here, so I may as well try something else. Mm-hmm. That That's it. Like, it's not even like I had hope. I didn't at all. And then I just started making more. And honestly, I started lying on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> 
as you as you should. Yeah, yeah. Because you have the skills, you just need to prove that you do. And if someone gives you that chance, and no one's gonna give you that chance if you don't say you have experience, so right. say you have experience. Right. No, I always say that every job's gonna have at least two weeks of training. Uh, <laughs> That's all I need. That you're not paid for. <laughs> I will build a spaceship. Just give me two weeks so, of training. How about you? Or how do you how do you maintain that hope? Or if you even have hope? Because pretty personally, like. With the obstacles ahead. That's my conflict right there. It's like, I truly don't have hope, but I truly want to have hope. Yeah. And I feel like I got to have hope. Yeah. I can't, like. Hope to have hope. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got to hope that. I like that. I got to quote that. I got to hope to have hope. Seriously, though, that, that, he said it. No, even, like, from what Hannah said, like, you don't like you'll leave a job or you'll leave a yeah. situation that is semi secure, mm-hmm. but it's like, do you just deal with this like this torture? I know, or do you do something different, even though you don't? Yeah, know, that's what it is. And yeah. you have an option to make it better, or there's an opportunity to do follow your passion. It might come yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what got me where I'm at. Like I don't like, yeah. personally tired of the same pattern. Yeah, yeah. just tired just, of just yeah. accepting it and yeah. wanting to do something. I guess that's what gets me here. Because all of the you look at all of the goals and it's like, is it likely? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But (laughs) (laughs) do I not go for it? Do you not go for it? Right. Definitely won't if you don't try. Right. One hundred percent. I mean, what gives me hope is these conversations, is connecting with people, and honestly, like our generation, like Mm. just seeing how much more I understand of my parents, and like they were pretty like woke people for their generation. Right. But, like, even my parents never would have been sitting in a, like, never had black friends. Like, <laughs> they grew up in a, or, well, both my parents are from, like, more urban areas than Vermont, but, like, those boundaries were never even crossed. And, like, my dad was a hippie. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he was supposed to be progressive and... It, it's like a limit to it. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, here, I don't know, like, just seeing people from our generation being more willing to cross those divides and being less afraid of each other mm-hmm. um, true. gives me hope. Definitely. Very true. I mean, I guess our room now even, like, displays that yeah. we have two black women. That's a brown guy, black guy, <laughs> a white woman, a black, a black woman, and they gave white guy. <laughs> <laughs> But like I feel like that's the struggle that we all share. Like if you have a struggle, I mean I share it exactly, but I share it in some fashion or she does and mm-hmm. we all I think we I think we took the time to see that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what gets yeah. us here. Mm-hmm. Like we don't even like we might still like some of us may think, Oh you gotta vote or some of us may think you don't vote and we all have these different views. Mm-hmm. We still like okay, but we still have to figure it out yeah, together. We still, we still gotta talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I can't just like say what your proposal yeah. is not going to work and go with my day. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I do, I do agree with that. Because it makes me wonder, like in regards to the Black Panthers movement, like those things were based in really just Black community. But they also took other communities in. But then I always wonder how did other communities not try to join? But then I can also see that, like you, you told all these things to be fearful of. Mm-hmm. So even though you relate to their message, I think to the internet, like 
when he briefly was free. <laughs> I think it um, like kind of opened us all up to communicate with each other too. I know that when I was younger, the internet was the only way that I could talk to other gay people mm-hmm. because I was scared to come out and try and find those people in my own community. And the internet is part of what radicalized me. I mean, I was learning about social justice issues through Tumblr, Mm -hmm. like, when I was in 10th grade. (laughs) Like... And just that exposure, even at that time, even if I had not known, like, the depths of everything, like, just to be exposed to it, it sparked something. Right. Definitely. That's a good perspective. I never looked, I never, like... But I, I think now it is less free. Like, I think the generation growing up now with the internet, they've really clamped down on things. Well, they know the internet as companies. You know, like, you know, communication through Facebook and yeah. Instagram. You don't know it as the internet or some random form. Like yeah. I said, it's like, the apps. Yeah, like all these <laughs> apps and companies. Yeah, like, the brands that you navigate through. It'd be like now if you want to try to like communicate with a, it's a like a gay community it would probably be on some gay corporation like exactly. like it would be so corporatized that like that identity is so corporatized and like when I was doing that it was on forms mm-hmm. like independently like, run forms that didn't have a profit agenda right yeah so I feel like about the Black Panther movie like just <laughs> like, like just our like you just corporatized culture like it's yeah. not it's never really or just a, Mostly documentaries, I guess, at this point. It's just right. like, yeah. just getting people brought up on their, like, their one identity, mm-hmm. and then it's nothing else. It doesn't talk about the system mm-hmm. that affects everybody, because like we were talking about the Khalif Browder and the Central Five, but Khalif Browder, that story, that documentary came out, and nothing happened system-wise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this, this one came out, and people were getting fired, but nothing system-wise. Right. But then also... But it's been happening. Yeah, right. like, it makes police brutality and judicial like injustice mean like a black problem but like double the amount of white people get killed than black people right like that's just never talked about right yeah okay. it's just agendas and narrative that's all it's yeah. just whatever they want you to hear that's yeah. what you're gonna hear right. <laughs> unless you do research <laughs> unless you look for yourself yeah so yeah it's just especially just like the military complex I feel like is sold to certain communities, like, which I think makes it harder for people to see. It's like, you know, you, you like are taught to honor soldiers in, mm-hmm. in school and, you know, the 4th of July parade, like one of the most exciting things, you know, when you're a kid getting, I don't know, maybe this is a small town thing, but it was like the biggest event was the, like the 4th of July parade where they're firing off guns right. and like, it's all about the military. It's a military parade. <laughs> it's, I know. It's crazy. I, know, I, I think parades are stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I feel you in that fact because the NFL was, was like that when I used to watch that. Like the first hour was some oh, yeah. soldiers and it's like, Wait, like yeah. why they're throwing a football around? <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? So I, I dig that, like just the propaganda to get you. Mm-hmm. To, Cause I think that's like you have to propagandize the military hard. I feel like that's something we all agree that sucks with our differences. Is that we would 
It's like a common definitely. thing. So yeah, you definitely, definitely have to drill that in. Definitely. Like, it's funny that the evening news has like Northrop Grumman commercials in between. Yeah. <laughs> no one's buying bombs. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you just gotta throw that commercial in there for you. Yeah. <laughs> they were on our side. So, how do you beat the narrative to like, since we do have like that hope of being aware, we all are aware in some aspects and obedient in certain aspects and revolting in others how do you beat that narrative like is it just conversations and breaking down barriers with friends like, <laughs> is it all of us quitting your job <laughs> starting a commune yeah <laughs> um it's that it, it well it's the conversation and then it's organizing like how the WRC model is based off education and then action like you really need both of those components. And I mean, I think education comes first, having these conversations comes first, <laughs> but it, you really have to take it to the next level, which is strategizing and figuring out how to take those next steps, which is probably the hardest thing. But I think once you get enough people involved, it just starts to happen naturally. <laughs> once enough people are educated, it's definitely you make that connection with people, then you introduce a way to them to make that action. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like we talked in the park the other day. Like you know, like you, you're going to have these you're going to have these conversations with people, and that's where the connection get created at. And then some people are already like minded; they just don't know how to go about things or have the vehicle to do it. So that's when you introduce, you know, WRC or whatever. And then, and that sh- and we had we organize action and ways to do things. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't see how it can't go great. Right. <laughs> it's funny when I was um, involved with Antifa, I also was involved with a nonprofit called Move On, mm-hmm. which is a very in the system type of like that's how they want to create change. Yeah. Um, but I learned the strategy from them. There was one dinner that I went to where um, this woman was talking about organizing and how, for her, every interaction is a chance to get someone involved. And I think that that's how you can really expand the movement is thinking about how every interaction is a chance to bring someone on board. Because the fact that we're all facing the same struggle and like we do bitch about it every day like that's like why we it's like how we go about our day yeah like what most of the conversations are so it's just turning that around into we can do something and then that's when it becomes unstoppable I think once we start to host our own happy hour so <laughs> yeah <laughs> no so. Yeah, I'd echo that. And I think what's most important also is being very intentional and deliberate, deliberate about every single thing. Like Isaac said, like every person you come across just sparking some conversation and you just never know where it'll go. Like you never know the people you meet. You, you don't know their story. Like everything just connects to me. Like and right now, like we're, we're supposed to be here talking about this and it's just going to keep happening for itself. Like you, you have to start with the education and the action and then make the follow-up steps, but it's, it has to happen. Like it, it has to happen. The hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Hope to happen. Hope to happen. <laughs> and you have to manifest it. Like you really have to believe it. Yeah, because right. if you don't, that's what it is. It's not. If you don't, you just bend over. Like when you stop believing, you become complacent. Exactly. Like I think the reason why I was so complacent in school is because I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when I didn't have any hope, I think. Like I remember like, you know, being this obedient person, but it, it obviously never brought me hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel that. And two, it's like any. I really, really like anything you put into the universe will come back yeah, to you. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, just about to say that. But if there's so many of us putting into the universe, imagine like what power that is. Right. Like, if we're all on one accord, one page. Really, is working towards that. Like, yeah. super, I feel like the left. Like, I feel like the one thing. I hate to use the right and the left, but yeah. I guess that's the. The platform we have it on, <laughs> but like I feel like the right. Even if they don't agree with each other, like build a wall or build a firewall, <laughs> like, they will still work towards something. Yes. Right. Us, we'll like argue on the left, or, yeah. you know, for yeah. we'll argue. No, you gotta have burrito Tuesday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, not taco not Tuesday. Taco like that'll be like what gets in our way right. <laughs> of like feeding people. <laughs> and that's why like the right or whatever is so good at advancing their agenda. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think identity politics, even though it's brought about good things, unfortunately, that's like a big part of why we can't get along. Um, because it's like your struggle is easier than my struggle. struggle right. That's but where the conversation Bullshit. Goes. That's right. such <laughs> bullshit attitude. Yeah. When you're really just all on the same point. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We really, we really can. That was head on right there. That was yeah. definitely it. That's yeah. like, yeah. that's what it is. Burrito Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the arguments are really like that, though. Like, seriously. I remember sitting in one left space and we spent the whole time, like, debating on how to address issues in Venezuela when none of us were Venezuelan. <laughs> like, our community right across the street or like right next door is suffering and it's like why are we theorizing about something that doesn't even directly affect us Mm -hmm. and like we're wasting our time drawing these lines too like after that um you know i was playing devil's advocate in that meeting and after i did that people saw me as not radicalized they saw me as ignorant towards the venezuelan struggle (laughs) And it's like just no working together. So yeah, there's no progress. Yeah, when your differences, I, I it's think change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in like a political setting, you'd think that people would be more open to those discussions. I thought so too. I yeah. I thought it would be like that as well. Um, especially because you know we see how corrupt the system is here. Why aren't we trying like? Well, first, why aren't, first of all, why isn't that our priority? Right. Like, they're talking about U.S. imperialism and how we need to protest it to stop it, but why aren't we actually trying to take the actions to solve imperialism in our own country besides, like, just expressing how angry we are about it? Why aren't we starting to remove these pillars? 
um, you know, and instead of dividing each other on that part. We just we just love to express ourselves. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we do. We just express, but no, no, yeah, no, like taking one uh, another person into consideration or just yeah. one's aspect or perspective on things. It's just yes. nope. This is how I feel. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like social media does amplify that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so much division yeah. <laughs> and yeah. manipulation, like. That's the only thing I don't like about like social media. You just so easily manipulated. Like people yeah. will put something on the internet, ooh, first time they see it, they just believe it. No research, no nothing, no other tab open. It's just that. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Trump dropped 53 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know he did it. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter said it. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter going crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's just no. Oh, no. No source checking either. Right. Or just even like, yeah. just nothing. This is nothing. Or just even trusting the conversations that you have with people in person over what you see online. Because, mm-hmm. like, what the internet has done is it's taken the empathy out of the conversations that we're having. You're so removed, you don't have to be empathetic anymore. And I definitely was guilty of that for a long time, like, trying to fight all these people online thinking that you're changing something, but there's no empathy or understanding. Right? Yeah. And people yeah. think that's social justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I have a friend who, his friend has a whole album on Facebook that is called the Social Justice Warrior album, and it's screenshots <laughs> of conversations that she had, like, with people online, and it's like, you're not changing their opinions. Yeah, it's just, no. Right. You just kind of you're really just going about it in the, the fascist way that you yeah. like, you like believe this or you yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Right. And like that's the scary part about this generation though, because like yeah. we we are woke conscious, like we we are consciously woke, but then we also have that effect of technology on us, like mm-hmm. like yeah, social media. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So much that we now have iPhones. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. literally just do not communicate with each other. And we don't, we, we don't communicate yeah. at all. I was talking to my coworker about that. I was like, I wonder how the trolleys used to be back in the old days. Right. Like it probably was like so much conversation on the yeah. trolley because nobody had a phone to just be on or headphones, and everybody was just. So how was your day? Like, right. So like that have been like so dope to live in. Or just neighborhoods. I mean, I know yeah. how we grew up. Well, you know, everybody yeah, never knew each other, but yeah. now you can see the transition of nobody in our neighborhood. Yeah, nobody talked to no, no one speaking. Like, There's really no. Growing up, it was just yeah, what's up? Right. <laughs> you legit borrow like, right. like you would just have like people watch your kids and yeah. these people. I remember living in South Philly, parts of South Philly, where everybody had the door open. Right. We, and we lived in a neighborhood that was dangerous. Like right. this was a, you know, Philly. <laughs> Yeah. This was Philadelphia. I just that's something that I noticed because like Hannah grew up in Baltimore and she always like leaves the door open. <laughs> like, I love leaving the door open. Yeah. But for me, I love like it. growing up in such an isolated environment, I think that that's like I'm like, oh who's like right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, they're gonna look out 
And like just growing up in a community where people were so separated from each other physically, you really do mistrust like your neighbor, like you know, people were always like shit talking their neighbor when it's like you don't even really know them, like you're having a dispute about your property right now. It's like, like that's why like gentrification is so weird because like yeah. we grew up in bro home so it's like we knew I can hear them at night with right. their with right. their with their eating yeah. and watching. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know I mean, uh, you was arguing with your mom last night. That's the argument. Like, like, yeah. yeah. Now, like when gentrification comes, you have a neighbor, and it's just like we're like literally right here, and I, we just don't speak. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, it's so awkward. Yeah, like, you really just find so much out about other people living in close proximity. Yeah, it's just that. like mm-hmm. do you not like me. Yeah, <laughs> you moved yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> Off the when you were talking about when you did the empowerment acts of you know knocking down barriers or whatever that you did with your neighbors, it kind of removes that. Mm-hmm. So like that pothole never gets fixed because you mm-hmm. guys don't you like get together. There's nothing that's really done in your neighborhood that you like. And we have a we have a drone store in our neighborhood. Yeah. Right, I, I would no definitely oppose that. Drone, but <laughs> yeah. hey, this is what we build I'm here. Definitely oppose that. Like, <laughs> just shut that down, <laughs> please. So like you have those issues. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's part of the, I guess that is part of the fear of just not knowing. Yeah, there's a reason why they want us all in detached single family homes. Like that's <laughs> why all the new cities are designed that way. It removes the the like integration. Like even the other day, um, I was having kinky sex with someone. <laughs> 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 and <expecting> it. like. <laughs> The neighbors were like gardening outside and like, we had this moment like, oh shit, they heard us. Like, But then it was really like, I don't know, like, is that even really a problem? Wait, is like, this normal? Yeah. 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 Like, it's, it's like, if we knew those things about each other, like, I'm sure we're not the only one on the block that's doing yeah. stuff like that. Too. 
So like they're <laughs> they're so yeah they're like removed from like the homelessness completely. Like, right. They don't interact with mm-hmm. anyone of a different class ever. It's mm-hmm. so strange. It's way harder to drive by a homeless person than walk by them and like maybe hear them suffering or mm-hmm. hear them ask for money. Yeah, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess our hope is in the narrative. I guess that's what we've come to the conclusion. And each other, I think it really just in a narrative with each other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I talk to myself, but that won't get anything solved. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that seems like a, I guess, a good place to end.